Stubborn, determined, perseverant, bullheaded, intense. (laughs) Yes, these are words to describe a strong-willed child. But even more, these are words I heard about myself growing up a lot. This week, we're going to start with a story. Actually, my story. I grew up with sensory processing disorder. This is basically just having a hard time processing what's going on around me. And thus, I spent a lot of time in fight or flight. What appeared to my parents as behavioral issues, they took me mainly to psychologists who gave me some general misnomers that weren't particularly helpful. They did the best they could to discourage my negative behaviors, but I think they often missed the deeper connection that would have helped me understand my strengths and weaknesses. Remember, like we talked about last week, moving towards independence is understanding the strengths of who God made me, at the same time understanding how to mitigate my weaknesses. On top of that, I wasn't raised with a Christian worldview, so I had a hard time framing or understanding my experience, which led me to become very self-centered and arrogant. If you would have asked my parents growing up if they had a strong-willed child, I think they would have definitely agreed. It's no secret that I um, struggled towards stubbornness. But when we talk about today, I want to think about this in a different way. If we think a child of ours is strong-willed, my challenge to you is to stop addressing just the behavior and to start seeking ways to deeply connect with your child to help them understand in calm moments what's happening to, inside, and around them. So the logical place to start is defining what is a strong-willed child. Being strong-willed isn't about being a bad kid. Strong-willed kids are simply determined to do things according to their own terms. A strong-willed child is remarkably persistent in their pursuits and isn't keen on being redirected. They are passionate beings, and they often live at full throttle. The daily power struggles and battles associated with raising a headstrong child can often leave parents feeling frustrated and overwhelmed. Strong-willed is a category for a type of temperament. Temperament just refers to a set of innate tendencies, traits, and styles of behavior that you're born with. It's important to note that a child's behavior is an interaction of their temperament, and the environment around them. We're going to spend time in group reflecting on our own temperament because often it's most difficult to parent a child that doesn't have your temperament because it's harder to understand where they're coming from. Conversely, we're often harder on the kids that are most like us because we can't assume their motivations more easily. So let's focus on some specific tendencies, traits, and styles of behavior that can help us understand where our children are coming from. So first, we're going to look at their processing style. And secondly, we're going to look at their love languages. Processing is our brain's ability to take in information from the environment and do something functional with it. Their strongest sensory systems is going to drive how they take in information. So if you have a child who can do a task one time, and then master it, or is constantly wanting to do things by themselves, they're probably a kinesthetic learner. They're learning by what they're doing. If you have a child that can repeat to you long phrases and often can recall exactly what their teacher said, 
they're probably more of an auditory learner. Their ears are giving them the most meaningful and stimulating information. If your child can do puzzles very easily and schoolwork comes very natural to them, often because we require kids to do a lot visually like worksheets, they're probably more of a visual learner. For example, they can watch someone do something and imitate their movements with skill. Visual information is their most effective style of learning. And these are just the systems that can be strong and provide good input. These sensory systems can also run our need to get certain input that's not functional. So the thing to look for is if my child is able to listen, interact, and remain calm while they're learning? Or are they tuning out, distant, and distracted? If the first, this is probably their strongest sensory system. If the second, they might have a pathological need for something like a type of input in order to even help them feel calm and alert before they can even start learning. I don't wanna go too far into the distinction. And if you're left with questions, I do wanna offer something to to you that we do at our church. I call them connection screenings, but it's basically just a way for me to observe your child doing activities, observe them in class, and give you a basic summary of what I'm seeing and what you can try at home in order to connect with their learning and the way they seem to give and receive. This is a big part of what I did in OT for 10 years, honing observation skills of children. And it's the way God has called me to utilize these skills now, even in a new area of employment. So apart from how they process, a big part of their healthy attachment to you is their experience of love. And this can come from their temperament or their wiring. Now to caveat this, before the age of four, children may express tendencies for certain type of love, but The overwhelming suggestion in research is to show all the types of love so that your children can learn to accept and give various types. Having an awareness of what they respond to can help you set expectations, but you should try to express all the types of love. So for example, even when my oldest son EJ was 18 months, he was driven by gifts. Christmas was his favorite time of year. And when we would open gifts, he would dance about and vocalize, oh, what is it? What is it? He was so excited by gifts. Now, my younger son, Andrew, he could pretty much take it or leave it. He would say thank you because he's supposed to say thank you. But that wasn't really how he received love. Andrew loves to be with you. He wants quality time. So much so that when my husband would go out of town in the beginning of when Andrew was very little, he would come back in town and he couldn't even get Andrew to talk to him. He felt unloved by the absence of his father and Tim had to work very hard to spend time with him and to show him quality time for him to feel love, for him to open back up to Tim. Now, We're going to look at a breakdown for the basic types of love and some things to think about for each type of love language, particularly expressed in children. So first, there's physical touch. This gives children not only a sense of their body, but it can be really grounding and calming for children who like this type of love. 
These are kids that the clearest and loudest expression of love is touch. They are getting from physical touch um, way more than they get from hearing I love you. Without hugs, kisses, pats on the back, and other physical, physical expressions of love, their love tanks will remain less than optimally full. Their love tanks will be empty. So words of affirmation. These children respond deeply to hearing the words, I love you. Praise is most encouraging when it focuses on a specific effort your child has made. The goal is to catch your child doing something good and then commend them for it. Third, quality time. Now, this is when your child feels fully loved by you giving them focused attention. And it's really difficult, especially if you or your spouse work, because you almost have to prepare yourself to arrive at home. Because coming home tired and hungry at the end of a day will affect your child and make them feel unloved. But preparing to spend time reading, playing, just any type of focused attention will speak volumes to this type of child. Okay, fourth is gifts. Children whose primary love language is gift, they will make much of the gift. They'll admire how it's wrapped. They'll express anticipation. They'll even thank you for the gift, potentially over and over. The gift should be an expression of your love and given with thoughtfulness. Lastly, acts of service. Um, this is when your child asks you to do something for them. And they're and when they do that, they're actually communicating a need for love. They don't want a task just done. They want the attitude behind the task. So when you're giving help with a loving and positive attitude, they will feel seen and heard. It's not about saying yes to every request. It just means that every request requires a thoughtful, loving response. So a couple of things to end that we can think about when we have a strong-willed child. One, you need to become a student of parenting. <laughs> the most effective strategy that's found in research for strong-willed children is positive reinforcement, but there's an endless amount of research on strong-willed children. And just how we've talked about over and over, your child is wired differently than any other child. So we need to look for and find ways to specifically connect to them. Um, we have added a resource at the church. There's a piece of furniture down by the back door um, that now has a parenting library. So there's lots of resources that you can check out and use in order to become a student of parenting. Secondly, we as parents need to learn to back up, but not back down. At some point, we will have to reevaluate the boundaries that you give to this type of child because we really need to allow them some safe areas where they can express a degree of rebellion that is healthy. So an example that I really like that I read um, in a book was um, a dad expected his children to go to church. Now, he had to back up and allow his kids to not go to the exact same church or the exact same service as he did at their church. But he was still able to maintain his expectation that they would go to church. Thirdly and lastly, and probably most importantly as a parent, you can't be discouraged when you are discouraged. 
It's going to happen. Parenting this type of child is going to be a struggle. They push against authority and you are their primary authority. But come up with a way for you and your spouse to recognize each other's frustration and encourage each other. Make sure you are being a team. Expect things that might take longer and appear harder. But a child won to the kingdom with this type of determination is a gift from the Lord, and it can be discipled into that. Please be encouraged. As an adult that was a reparented adult who grew up being one of the strongest-willed children, <laughs> um, the Lord can do whatever He wants. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't have this type of discipleship. And your failures will not determine if your child becomes and stays in the faith. But be encouraged that the Lord can and will do whatever he sees as our best with these children. And so you can trust that the God of all the universe has your best interest in mind, even in your role as a parent. 